Guru Nation, thank you so much for checking out another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. It really means a lot to me. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to thank my sponsors. The first one is Inato. That's I-N-A-T-O, and you can find them at Inato.com. Inato is business development for free for sites. Whether you are a brand new site, whether you're an experienced site, you go on there, you create your site profile, they will match you with appropriate studies. They will jump on Zoom calls with you to prepare you for potential site selection visits from sponsors. They will tell you if your capabilities are up to par with what the sponsor is looking for, if your demographics are up to par as far as your patient population and your site capabilities. You build out your profile for free. They go to work trying to match you with appropriate studies. They talk to you about it. If you're a fit, they hand you off to the sponsor. There is no catch. There is no budget that they take on the back end. It's just a service where they match sites to sponsors for free. I'm a paid client of my own service, DSCS, where we do a bunch of hand-holding for sites, where we help them do their budgets, try to get them studies, help them with their feasibilities, create SOPs, create source, all that stuff for a low monthly fee, 1500 bucks. I use Inato as well because it's free. And why not complement the other things I'm doing for my business development, for my marketing, for my operations with a free site profile on Inato? These guys know what they're doing. They're running tech. They're experts in research and in tech. And they're merging the two things together, Inato.com. Thank you very much. My second sponsor, Versatrel. I was a huge skeptic of Versatrel. And now I use Versatrel on a daily basis, multiple times a day. For any of you guys that do studies, you know that most studies have between 8 to 12 different vendors for various aspects of running the trial from the IRB to the IRT to the EDC to the recruitment companies to all kinds of various things even within those portals that are sometimes hard to find and you got to navigate to electronic patient reported outcomes, the trainings for the patient diaries, the backup. There's so many things. Versatrial lets you store all these things in your site workspace for free for as many studies as you want. And then they have a back-end tool that helps you also do feasibility surveys for your site. So it cuts down the time on your feasibility surveys tremendously. I absolutely recommend all sites Use Versatrel, versatrel.io. Finally, Creo, clinicalresearch.io. Talk about a company that I was extremely skeptical of when I first heard of Ray's idea in 2017. Now I can't live life without Creo. I've been using Creo as a power user for two years. I've been playing with it on and off for the previous five years. Creo has an e-source. It has an e-reg. It has a CTMS. It has patient recruitment. It has e-consent. It has financial forecasting. It has a marketplace where you can buy source templates. They have so many things. They roll out new things all the time. They have an incredible support team. They have a help desk that actually is responsive immediately on chat with a question mark right by your workspace. It's amazing. It is all my coordinators know at Yuma Clinical Trials, we started with Electronic Source and never looked back. It has made our lives so much more easier. And Creo has such a cool 
back end where they're now collaborating with other tech companies in the industry and sponsors. And you just want to be on the right side of history when it comes to our industry and where technology is moving and site-centric solutions like Creo, like Inato, like Versatrel. Live. Okay, guys. Guru Nation, we're live. Jasmine Adams, CRA Career Coach Nation. You live? Um, It's telling me now that I need to enter. It looks okay, like we I'm wait. Gonna... We wait. We wait. <laughs> Guru Nation. No, okay, you can keep going. I'll, I'll do this while you introduce. Oh, okay, good. So Jasmine's going to go live, too. This is the first time ever StreamYard released this new feature where two people can go live at the same time. But let me introduce to Guru Nation, Jasmine Adams. This lady is a force to be reckoned with in this industry. She's been on my radar maybe six years. I remember the first time seeing her on YouTube. And I was like, okay, who is this person making videos to? And Oh, she's actually good. And she actually knows what she's talking about. All right. And so little by little, you know, we started interviewing each other and um each time i've had her on guru nation's classic like there's a reason she has twenty thousand linkedin followers <laughs> she knows what she's talking about this is gonna be reality um everyone thinks cra senior cra ctm these are dream jobs everyone thinks site owner is a dream job and it is and it isn't you know, it depends on what day it is and how prepared you are. For a lot of you guys watching, we're going to hit you over the head with, like, some real stuff. <laughs> oh, you're live. I could see it up here on yeah. the links. That's cool. I just came live. I just had to, you know how when we log in the stream, you already have to enter in the description and the title. Yeah. And all that stuff. That's cool. Awesome. So you guys are seeing this, like, on both channels. Yeah. But we, we're here to give reality because oftentimes – people think the grass is always greener. Like, you know, I have coordinators that some of them want to be CRAs in the past. I've had coordinator want to be CRAs. Then you have CRAs want to be CTMs. Then you have CTMs want to go back to CRA. Then you have CRA want to go back to coordinator. Everybody, nobody's happy basically. <laughs> so we got to figure out what's going on. Um, but then site owners too, like not every site, owners successful like there's yeah failures and there's, there's depending on the site there's definitely that rotation of study coordinators going in and out that too like you don't yeah. know how to keep your staff happy yeah because of what we just said like your crcs may want to be cra's yeah you know, they might think the grass is always greener yeah and i guess maybe we start with that like is the grass always greener on the other side what do you think, Jasmine? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. And you know, too, even from when you were monitoring, it's not. And like so many people, what do they say? They wanted the money, the travel. Like they think about those things, but they have no clue what they're getting into. It's no. And what do you think they actually think they're going to get into like versus reality? I have no clue because it's like every everybody that I talk to anyways, they each are in like their own little world. So for some reason, they just hear like six figures and travel and they're like, oh, this is going to be easy. This is going to be, you know, a great life. Like I'm not going to have to do much. You get to work from home, right? It's remote. 
Like you never go into an office, like never. Even when you start, they send you your computer. So everything's remote and you're on your own. So people feel like, oh, I literally am free. I can do whatever. I make my own schedule. And they get lost in that, but they never really think about the job itself. Yes, it's guys there. If someone's paying you six figures or more to do a job, like it's going to be work involved, a good amount of work involved. Yes. Um, so this is what Jasmine does. She, she trains people. Okay. This is, I'm your career coach. Like, what do you want to do? Like, let them know exactly what, you, what steps you take them through from all walks of, of life, any industry, just kind of, how do you walk? How do you deal with like a typical client? Like walk them through their career journey. Like, what would I do for, you know, like somebody, let's say somebody came to me, they're a study coordinator and they're like, oh my God, I want to be a, a CRA. Right. Yes. Um, the first conversation I have is like what we just had. <laughs> Are you sure? Um, because there's so many people that they get in the industry, um, which is a, a large reason why a lot of you know companies won't train and they won't bring it entry level because they get in and then they get out within three months because it's you know it's just too much or it's too stressful or they find out they don't like it, what have you. Um, so first we have that conversation to kind of try to see where they're at mentally. Do you really know what a CRA does? Do you really know what it's about? Do you really, you know, do you really want this? Or is it just like, you just see like glittery gold? Um, so that's the first thing. And then the, you know, I do an assessment of where they are, like in terms of their resume, their LinkedIn profile, their networking strategies, their job search strategies, their interviewing skills. Like I just assess and audit all of it including their mindset because you know we talked about that too especially with i know some women are going to disagree with me <laughs> mm. especially with women you know we had that conversation like we have an extra set of struggles with like the insecurities the confidence all that stuff so we even work through that so i assess where they are with everything and then based on that assessment i kind of build a plan for the person you know depending on what areas they need they're struggling in their strengths, their weaknesses. Um, I build a plan and then we go from there and then we build out everything that they need. Yeah. And the planning is important. I mean, I think having a general sense of what you want to do yeah. or what one wants to do is important, but I think also being willing to be flexible, like technology yeah. change. The industry is moving super quick right now with technology. Like, Versatrial, Creo, and Nato. Shout out to my sponsors. Like, these are tech vendors that are enabling sponsors and sites to work more efficiently. And in a way, if you like, really take like a bird's eye view of what's happening, there's all these vendors like like the three I mentioned, but there's like hundreds of them that are kind of helping sites and and sponsors kind of get closer together. Yeah. So. Like there's there are people in between. These are supposed to be the monitors, right? These are supposed to be CTMs. But what what about if the sponsor just hires these people instead of CROs? Uh, and as someone that works for a CRO, you know, how do you feel about this changing landscape? Ever changing landscape? Um, you know, it can be a little bit tricky because you know the CROs, especially the giants, they're not going to you know, allow anything that is going to jeopardize their existence. Um, so in terms of like what it looks like, like if, we, you know, we talked about somebody buying buying them out type of situation. 
I'm not sure how that will play out, but I definitely feel like it's going to take over. I don't know the logistics and who's going to end up owning who or what, but if, if we're allowed to use it and we're allowed to let it grow and spread, I mean, it only makes sense because there's so many, like, for example, when you're, you know, capturing data in source, right? Um, and then that person has to, or if they have a data entry specialist, they then have to take that information in the source, whether it's electronic or paper, and then transcribe it into EDC, right? And just think about how many errors, how many queries are raised just because of a transcription error. So it like completely eliminating that one step in and of itself is like a game changer, you know? Yes. Shout out to Creo for doing that. Thank you, Jasmine, for the easy slam dunk there. Creo is trying to do that with their e-source. They, they already have, not trying to make, they already have a EDC on the back end yeah. that they can plug into sponsors' um, studies. And so this, you got a question. This is why it's so important to stay, stay informed and aware of what's happening. Like, if we look at, I haven't even had a chance to talk to you about this, CVS you know, thinking they can do research and oh, I didn't know that they got out of it like last week. You know, they <laughs> they were done. How long did that last? I would say like a year, maybe a year and a half. Like oh god, they didn't even give it a try. So they got they got caught up during COVID because they thought every study is going to be like a COVID the Operation study. Warp Speed, where it's just volume and, and so they were going for the volume. Like let's get a lot of patients in. Yeah, but most studies don't work that way. Most studies are actually going the opposite direction. Like yeah. you work on studies, your CTM, this the IE criteria is stronger, stricter than it's ever been. Yeah, and it's getting even more strict. Um, yeah, and then depending on the therapeutic area, it gets very detailed, very strict. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I didn't know. I didn't hear about CVS. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, probably better off. You know, I if I wasn't on LinkedIn so often, I probably wouldn't have heard about that either. But it's not just them. It's all these decentralized trial companies, oh, you know, wow. massive layoff. Maybe we could talk about that. There's, okay, it's one thing for CVS's business strategy to not work out. They're a $300 billion company. They'll survive. But what about the brand new coordinator they hired that, now only has through six months of experience on their resume as a yeah. coordinator. Like maybe they're dejected now and say, Hey, you know what? I don't know about research. It didn't work yeah. with CVS. Why would it work with you? My clinical trials. Yeah. And then they go do something else. Like what, you know, the, the industry is going to have to, I mean, we're understaffed. You're, you're working at a CRO. Like you can't. On both sides. On both sides. We hear it on both sides. So understaffed on the site side, understaffed on the CRO side. Um, I don't know. If the sponsor side, I don't hear that so much. Um, but definitely with CRAs and study coordinators, it's like a huge shortage. And you'll see, like, as a CRA, you might see or i've seen i can give myself as an example at one point i've seen a site go through uh, six study coordinators on one study while i was their monitor um and you'll see the wow. same thing with monitors like sometimes the site i'll get on a study and i'll see they had like six monitors six or seven monitors before me and the study's only been going on for like maybe a year so you'll see that a lot now do you think the turnover of 
staff is this industry's biggest weakness or is there something else? I personally feel like that's, that's if not the biggest weakest, at least like top three. Mm-hmm. Um, because what's the other, what's the other two? If you had to think. I would say, um, I'm trying to figure out how to say this <laughs> in a nice way. Um, say it in a mean way. We're not going to offend anyone. <laughs> I feel like the next, another one would be like, a, a nice light way of saying it would be like, um, be more realistic. In terms of the goals that you're setting, in terms and specifically like patient enrollment, um, is is an example. Be realistic with these projections and these timelines, like with the first patient in, with the last patient in. You know what I mean? Like, be just be. <laughs> Sada said, "No, no filter." No filter. <laughs> you in a filter? You go to like a conference where you wear a suit. Not this one. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like we have these conversations. Like it's. The the time it's like they basically but it's basically like you're setting yourself up for failure before you even get started, just right. because of how the study is structured from the beginning. So imagine uh, who's who's to blame for that though? Like these projectors sites are not angels. Like we try to embellish our feasibility so yeah, we get collected, and the CROs embellish a lot to sponsors about what they can do and what kind of relationship they have with their sites and and then sponsors just seem to believe everything they do but then it's like on both sides type of thing because then you might have this this that site with that pi or pis that is kind of like embellishing on their experience and embellishing on their resources right so saying that they can conduct a trial that they really don't have the resources whether that's equipment or site staff, what have you, they really don't have the resources to execute certain protocols that they're taking, but they want, they need the money, right? So it's like embellishment on both sides that is really causing another huge issue because nobody's being like transparent, realistic, whatever you want to call it, um, with what they can truly do, what's truly within their scope. And so it's like setting <laughs> everybody up for failure from the beginning, right? I mean, it even translates down to the patients. So it does. When That's a patient really wants to get, like, yeah, but like all these impacts. But like, when when a patient really wants to get into a study, and the coordinator tells them, like, I had an example recently on my site, and the patient misunderstood that she, we just needed people who tried like an ANSID that. We're non-responders, right? It's an arthritis study. So she on the phone, she told me she took ANSID. And when she came in, she understood it wrong when the, another coordinator asked her. She thought if she would have said yes, that she took ANSID, she wouldn't get in. So she said no to the coordinator. Oh, yeah, you're right. Embellishment on the patient side. It's yeah. embellishment on their side, too, if yeah. it, it trickles down to them. So then yeah. the coordinator came to me and said, hey, well, she doesn't qualify. I said, what do you mean she doesn't qualify? I just talked to her on the phone. She gave me a list of all her meds. Let me go talk to her. And when I talked to her, then she said, oh, no, you know, it's. I thought I couldn't get in if I said yes. So I said no. 
but but she really did so it, it worked well but you know it's like everyone does it to try yeah. to position themselves in the in the best light right yeah and that's a huge problem because i don't what that study i don't know you know the drug and like the ins and outs but imagine if it was like a more complicated study where they're just saying yes to stuff so that they can be included and they can, you know, enroll. Just imagine that. And it's like something that really is like a serious issue. So that's a, you're right. That's another layer of embellishment that creates issues specifically when it comes to like patient safety and then the data integrity. Because if you and have a human being, study, it's a right. human being issue. Man. Right. Ultimately. But so the efficiencies, because it's so there's it's so understaffed, right? Um, so on one hand, where you're working, not to single out where you work, it happens at every CRO. But yeah, every CRO. You, you have like your startup one, but any mid to mid to large CRO, yes, same thing. Yeah, like you're probably doing two people's jobs, maybe if not more. Hey, you're <laughs> maybe more. This is very common, though. Like we have co our coordinators doing multiple people's jobs certain days. Uh, that's on one hand, okay. Like the established workforce. On the other hand, you have like CVS, Sciences Thirty Seven. Um, what's the name of the other one? Care Access. They had mass layoffs recently, right? Mm -hmm. So they have all these staff. They just laid them all off. So there's a gap because there's some of those people, they're going to quit the industry. Others, yeah. some other comp more established companies or traditional companies are going to say, well, they're not hireable. They worked in a system that didn't work. Yeah. And then you're going to have others that say, yeah, I'll take like the best ones from there. Like, I'd be crazy not to. So I don't see like a um, plan for all. I mean, these are like thousands of people. Either. I don't either. There's got to be some, like a matchmaker out there that can put like the like the job recruiters are supposed to do that. I guess that's well, where you come in with the career coaching. Well, yes and no, because I don't do the resourcing, but I will say CRA resources. I don't know if you know Angela. Do you at CRA resources? No, no, maybe. Sorry, Angela. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I just feel like you know everybody, so I just assume. But um, she's one of the co-owners at CRA Resources, Angela Roberts. Um, and we've had, and I'm, we have a live series that we're planning to, from a recruiter's perspective, talking about those topics. But um, she talked about how with when uh, you know companies have layoffs, they specifically target. They'll go and find all those people. Um, that got layoffs and they just all tackle them one by one and reach out to them. Mm. I thought the, that was genius. But the yes, and I think we need more like that. Um, yeah. You also need the at the CRO level, right? Like the candidates have a responsibility as well. Like they they all have LinkedIn. They all can be networking. They could go to ACRP. So for yeah. like. Yeah. What do you what do you recommend they do if they're in that situation? Let's say you just got laid off CVS, you were a coordinator for six months. 
First thing I would do is make a post, letting everybody know what just happened. And it's not uh, like you have to do it in like a, you know, blasting, negative, like shame on CBS way. You can still do it in a positive light way. But the first thing you want to do is to put put that out there so people can know, okay, number one, <laughs> you're unemployed now. So look at me. <laughs> I'm ready to, to get a job. And then number two, like if you structure it the right way, you can show like your positive, you know, mindset and attitude about the whole job search. But who doesn't want a, a positive employee, right? That's taking a spin on the situation of just being laid off. And then if you set that post, right, you can also talk about some of the skills that you have to offer um, and some of the experience that you have. Like you can turn that into essentially like a little mini billboard ad saying, hey, just been laid off, hire me. And this is what I can do for you. So that would be the very first step. And if you are, God forbid, one of the people that don't have LinkedIn, you need to set up a LinkedIn account, like immediately stop listening to us, set it up right now. Cause I, I don't know about you. Did you stream to YouTube? No, it'll go on YouTube after though. Well, I stream on all of them live. So we might have some YouTube watchers now. Yep. Um, But if you're watch if you're watching and you do not have a LinkedIn profile, like start like literally Get off, <laughs> get off live now and start this LinkedIn profile because that's like going to be number one. Um, and I know a lot of people are still resistant. I have clients. We have to work through it. I told you about it. But like LinkedIn is going to be the largest net you will ever be able to cast. Like what other platform is going to put you in front of millions of people who are literally looking for somebody like you? Mm-hmm. But why do you think people are afraid or let's say they have a LinkedIn, but. Maybe even like you said, you have some clients that are afraid to even start their LinkedIn. Why are they afraid? Um, I get different reasons. The most common one is that they feel like they're a private person and they don't want to put their business out there. That's the most common one that I get. Um, that they feel like it's like another social media platform like Facebook or Instagram. And they're like over all of them. So they want to have another one. Um, they feel like, um, they don't want their current employer or somebody at, you know, in the past to see them and to see them possibly posting and talking about looking for a job or if their comment is, they don't want people, they don't want people to see what they're doing, whether they're embarrassed or insecure, or they feel like some, some of my clients feel like if their current job, you know, anybody from their current job sees it, then they may potentially risk being fired. For whatever reason, uh, they have that thought. So it's like a lot of different thoughts that are all scary, right? About what LinkedIn could potentially do to their life or their career or what have you. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I mean, yeah. like I, I encourage both of my CRC, all three of my CRCs to start LinkedIn. And uh, one of them already had one. The other one did. And the other one doesn't want to because <laughs> she's private. That was her exact See, reasoning. I told you that that's the most common. Mm -hmm. That's literally the most common reason. And it's I don't get I, I get it. But at the same time, I don't because you can be private and on LinkedIn. Yeah, I kind of um, get it, too. But fear of being fired is what Jesse Molina says. But if you work at a company that you're afraid you're going to get fired because you have a LinkedIn or because of something you post like. You probably don't want to be there anyways. That's true. That's true because you want to be in an environment that supports your growth and supports 
your brand and your marketing. Because at the end of the day, like with those other companies, if they want to lay you off, they will. And what do you have left? You have to have skills that can help you like survive regardless. Mm -hmm. um, what, what do you feel like someone as accomplished as yourself who's been, were you ever a CRC? Very briefly. Okay. Yeah. So you've had exposure to site CRO mm -hmm. sponsor level or just through the CRO side of, of the sponsor facing side. Through you ever work for a sponsor? Never worked for a sponsor. I've done the, you know, on the CRO side where they have like the sponsor partnership. Okay. I've worked like exclusively designated sponsor studies, but I've never like, they've never paid me, put it that way. But basically, have a FSP model, you've basically been like sponsor team, even though you're yeah. on the yeah. zero. Yeah. Okay. So that's as, that's as close as I've gotten to working on the sponsor side. And you've, you've, we've discussed this on the last time I had you on. Side ownership is always something intriguing to you. Doesn't mean you're going to do it tomorrow, but it's something you've thought about. What, what do you think about the side ownership that um, attracts you to it? So, uh, and we, we kind of touched on this pre, um, earlier, but one of the main things is that it's like an alternative route to you know still be in the industry and help people right and be on that like you're on the patient side you're still digging into protocols and stuff like that um still but still make decent money and then be kind of in and be in control of your career right because on the sponsor even the sponsor side but sponsor cro side it's always going to be like if you're if you're the person like us that's like has the entrepreneurial spirit and you're like <laughs> you know how it is. Like if you're that person going to the CTM role, going to the PM role, going to the line manager role, that's not going to be for you long-term. So trying to find like, cause I, that's me. Like I, I, did I tell you I was a line manager briefly too? Yeah. You told me that I think on the yeah, last one, but that I, makes sense. That makes sense though. Yeah. So it's like, okay. And being in the CTM role and seeing those new challenges and like, assessing the situation and saying I can this is not something I want to do long you know for the rest of my life right yeah. then having a site is an alternative option that can still like you know create success and you can have like that financial freedom that you're looking for um but on your own terms and then you can have multiple sites right you can really like grow it into something um on your own terms and then you're like on the site side, so maybe you can help, and even if it's a small way, but help the industry because I feel like until sites make certain demands, um, things won't change because whether sites know it or not, they're really in control. Nothing can be done without sites, right? Like and the sponsors do know that. They know that, but I don't think the sites know that. Um, no, the sites don't know that. They're, they are not aware. Most of them are like very like trying to please the sponsor. Please don't kick me off the study. Please select me. They have that approach, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But they just don't know that like it's not like a long list of sites that's standing in line that's qualified. So if you're qualified, unless you're like you have some type of 483 that said you did something <laughs> completely crazy, right? You're going to get selected most likely. Right. Um, 
and sites just don't like we need you to enter the data if you don't enter the data then there's no study right so the the ball is literally in the sites court and they don't realize that so until sites start making certain types of you know quality demands like no i'm not going to have an siv until this contract is fully executed until i have these lab kits until you know until everything is the way that it's really supposed to be like if we start making those demands from the site level then they have no choice because they they're solely dependent on sites i'm glad so, you brought that up as a um, outsider you know never been at the site well other than being a crc but you've basically been a CRO and sponsor side your whole career to say that gives a lot of us sites more confidence. At least it should like, this is one of the reasons we want to have you at the save our sites conference. Um, we think I know that sites are powerful, but like you said, the majority of them don't. And the majority of coordinators that work at sites, they're not going to step outside of the box. Some site directors will, but, you know, I've noticed from the studies I'm working on at Yuma Clinical Trials, like I'm a coordinator, site owner. When I'll complain to the sponsor, I get like action. I don't just get someone listening to me. They actually make something happen. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm telling mm -hmm. you. But a lot of sites aren't like you. They don't speak up. They yeah. just say, you know, they just try to accommodate every bizarre demands for lack of a better word um well it's not like it's not like we're special like you might trial like my coordinators i don't think they're comfortable either um i i don't want to call it complaining but yes brad we're getting jasmine to sos it's already been done man it's she's there she's hey, there brad. like when i stepped out of bounds and circumvented my cro because i wasn't getting action for a particular study, went to the sponsor. I told my CRCs later because one of them told me, I can't believe you did that. You know, like it's fear. Like, oh, I can't believe you did that. I said, well, yeah. why not? What's the issue here? And I want you to get to that point where you're doing it too. I don't need you to be a loose cannon and do it all the time. But when it's important, I yeah. need you to figure out like one of my roles is to teach you what's important and what's not, when to do this, when not to. It's like, a lot of nuances there, but um, yeah, I wish more sites did that too. I think we'd have more change faster, maybe. Absolutely, because some of the requests um, and they trickle down from the sponsor. So don't think it's like the C, you know, the CRO coming up with these things. But like sometimes they'll ask for I don't know, even something like note to file. Sometimes I feel like sponsors that I've worked with in the past. Like they just request and demand so much from the site in terms of like, oh, you need to create a note to file for this or a note to file for that. Or even like midway in the study, they decide they want to add like five forms to the EDC. And then all of a sudden data that you entered got kicked <laughs> out. And now you got to, you know, now you got to enter it back. Wow. In. Um, and then they want to argue with you because they don't want to pay you more um, and because it's not in the contract, right? And and then, God forbid, they hadn't paid you for the, the visits already that were entered because then now they're going to say if you don't put in that new data, they're not going to pay you for those visits. So stuff like that. Um, and it's it's like it doesn't create a collaborative, supportive team environment. So that's another 
one of the things that I feel like is a big issue, a big disconnect, because it's like them versus us versus we, and we have to figure out a way to work this out together. Yeah, us three stakeholders, sites, zero sponsors. I mean, we are the patients see us as a one, you know, like they don't care. The patient shows up to the clinic, they see yeah. a the clinic, they see a medical office, they don't yeah. see zero site sponsor, they don't care about all that. They just yeah. want the study. So in a way we are all on the same team, right? And we're here to service the patient and collect the data and that's it. But like I think we complicate things a lot and technology is not going to make it uh make that go away jesse says at my amc i was excited to explore using different vendors to streamline our processes but i came to find out our regulatory team uses viva shout out to viva for e-signatures only they are not interested in using their e-reg aspects instead we rely on a bunch of excel sheets mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah it happens that's unfortunate yeah and I've been there too, Jesse, where people are relying on Excels and Word Docs um, and just SharePoint. And it's like, why? <laughs> when yeah. there's such, like a, such a more efficient way. Like the, and you why? monitor a lot of AMCs, right? Yeah. Do you prefer AMCs or traditional like community clinics? What do you prefer? Um, I guess it no really filter, no filter. I guess, no, I guess it really doesn't matter when you're thinking about monitoring anyways. You just think about what type of source the site is keeping from a monitoring perspective. So is it like all paper or electronic? And then is it like customized templates that they've created so it's only the data from that, you know, is needed for the study? Or is it like a regular patient visit and they like capture everything you could possibly think of and you have to dig through it and figure out wow. what. Like, you know, read through the whole thing and figure out what's needed. So I monitored that stuff before. I know where you're talking. And cancer, that yeah. happens all the time. Yeah. So from a monitor standpoint, it doesn't really matter. At least for me, I focus on the type of source. Because um, even like the reg binders, how they keep the pharmacy binders, if it's separate, like how they keep all those documents when you're monitoring, that's like that'll either like make or break the visit. Cause if you have to do a lot of digging and searching and figuring out and trying to understand that creates a whole nother, you know, level of issues versus if everything is like clear and nice and neat, you know, where to, you know, to get everything, the story makes sense. It's like, mm. you know, night and day. You prefer e-source or paper source or you just I don't really care? E-source. E-source. Uh... E -source e-source and i'll tell you why because number one paper for some reason we seem to lose the paper um <laughs> <laughs> i've been on several studies where you know we magically lost the delegation log at a site or they magically lost you know the training logs you know stuff like that um, one time somebody magically lost the monitoring log or one site, they had half of the delegation log, but the first half went missing. Um, so yeah. paper seems to come up missing for whatever reason. Um, and then number two, if it's electronic, you know, we talked about that 
you know, eliminating that transcription piece. But then also you can share it easier. And then the, I'm, I'm assuming that the system, depending on what system it is, but if you build in that confidentiality piece and making sure it's um, um, 21 part CFR compliant, then it's like you can share it with, you know, the CRA remotely, with the sponsor potentially. If you like, you can share it a lot more easily. Um, and I feel like it creates more visibility um, because you're leaving out that step. Like you'll get the data in real time, you know, because that's another complaint that on the, you know, the sponsor CRO side we have is that the visit took week. I mean, the visit took place a week ago. Why isn't the data entered? So to eliminate yeah. that too, you know? Shout out to Creo for working on that. Shameless plug. Brad says, Sites wants to play nice, and it can be difficult to know when to draw the line. It's a skill you have to learn, and it takes time. Yeah, it's, you're right. It is. And, I, and it you is. know, as a site owner, like as much as I want to empower my CRCs to act autonomously, um, I don't think I would want a newer CRC overstepping the lines of communication and going straight to the sponsor. Like, I think it's th that should be reserved for a site director, maybe. So, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And maybe even um, because the PI, if the PI says something or makes mm. a request, it's like God <laughs> said it. So if you have the PI say it, they'll definitely listen. Um, so there's I a strategy for the coordinators. Get your PI yeah. to say it. Write down Absolutely. what you need them to say and they <laughs> tell them. That is the, that's <laughs> the part. Because if the PI says it, then it's gold. Like, they're not going to go against what a PI says. Because like I said, if nobody hears me when I say anything else, like, we need you. Like, capital yeah. N-E-E-D. Yeah. And I think a lot of people forget that um, we're all literally on the same team. Like, even the sponsor, CRO, even... Everybody, all the moving pieces, we're all on the same team. We're supposed to be all like going towards the same goal. But somehow or another, something gets lost. And then it's like, there's this resistance between the groups. I don't get it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, lots to work on on the site level. Saveoursites.com, guys. Jasmine's going to be there. Um what do you like better, CRA or CTM? And why? CRA. No hesitation um, with that one. <laughs> no hesitation. Um, <laughs> why? Everyone thinks CTM. Once This is what I'm talking about. Grass is greener. Oh, you got all these CRAs out there, and they're, you know, the especially the newer ones. They're <laughs> like, oh, I can't wait. I'm doing this so I could be a CTM in three yeah. years. Yeah. Um I would say and I'm and I will let everybody know I'm a newer CTM, so I'm still on that learn learning curve. So it is like, you know, when you're on the learning curve, you either sink or swim. So I'm still on there. I'm still swimming. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I will throw that out there. So maybe once I have more time in the role, I'll feel a little bit differently. But CRA, why? Because you're only like focused and responsible for your specific site. Whereas the CTM, it's like the whole study. Mm. And depending on like the, the study that you're on, if it's a global study, like for me, then it's, you know, you know, multiple countries get involved. So it's not just the U.S., right? 
So that's the first thing. Like you're responsible for all these sites versus your assigned sites. Um, and then on top of that, you have to, you know, you're that direct contact with the sponsor. If you're on the CRO side, of course. Um, if not, and you're the CTM on the sponsor side, then you oversee the sponsor. So that's if anybody's like CTM, try the sponsor side first. Um, but you're responsible for, you know, that interaction with the sponsor. So constantly keeping them up to date on everything that's going on with the entire study. So all the sites, all the countries, imagine. Um, once patients start enrolling, especially depending on like, you know, I do a lot of oncology phase one. So a lot of this or two or phase two. So a lot of the studies are dose escalation studies. And for those of you who don't know, that's when we're trying to figure out the recommended phase for, you know, recommended dose for phase two. So getting that data in the beginning is kind of crucial because you're trying to figure out the cohorts and then there's dose limiting toxicity assessments. There's a lot of different moving pieces in those studies. Um, but as a trial manager, it's like you have to give updates on all those little things. Whereas the CRA, you're just doing your visit, writing your report and submitting it. Yeah. <laughs> Rod said the grass is dead on the other side. <laughs> That's just saying. <laughs> Rod's been doing this for a while. That's um, funny. That's a really good one. But um, I think that uh, the way I see it, I've never been a CTM. I've been a CRA. Uh, the way I see it, at least from my interactions as a site director with both, I only call my CTM when there's a problem. Like, I never call them. Maybe I should, but I just don't. I never call them and say, hey, the study's going smooth. You know, thanks for doing a good job. Um, I call my CTM when there's a problem. But with my CRA, sometimes I will. Like today, we had a monitor at our site. And I called him right before my previous Zoom, before ours. And I said, hey, how's it going? Okay, thank you, man. Everything's going well. And. You know, so that was like a pleasant conversation with the senior with the, with our CRA. I only call the CTM if there's an issue, and I know there's like a hundred other sites on the study doing the same thing. Yeah, and I know their sponsors go to them. Yeah, right. Like yeah. every CRAs go to them. Yeah, it's kind of like they're dealing with you. Not the they, vendors, you, Jasmine, are dealing with problems all day long. That's basically what it is. And the vendors go to the CTMs, too. So the EDC wow. vendor, the IRT vendor, the central lab, if you have any, like, central imaging, um, if you're using, like, a patient concierge or something like that, um, depending on who you're using, um, the central IRB, um, depending on if you're using, like, an external vendor for the safety system, like, you're also, all of those people are coming to you, too. And then you're meeting with them on a weekly basis because from the beginning of the study, everything has to be built out, right? So you're meeting with them on a weekly basis to build out what needs to go in on the monitoring side of things, on the site management side. Um, and then on top of that, you're creating all this, the study-specific documents. So if you're on the site side, you may not know this, but internally we have like a monitoring plan, for example. Um, all of the visits, um, that require a report. We also have annotations to guide the CRAs to write the reports. Um, the CTM has to create all these things. Um, and then wow. maintain them throughout. The, if there's an amendment and it, and it impacts one of the documents, then you have to revise the documents and you have to get the sponsor approval on everything. So there's that. Like your the SIV slide deck, the CTM created the, the slide deck, right? 
Um, if you have selection visits, there's a side deck for that. So all of those documents and things, you're creating those, you're maintaining those, you're updating those, and you're meeting with all these people every week, all these different vendors, right? You're meeting with the sponsor. You have internal meetings, external meetings, you're meeting with the CRAs. And then all with amongst all these meetings, you're still trying to get address all of these issues that people are having. Like <laughs> the patient visit has come up, but the drug isn't on site. Oh my God, what do we do? Or, or what about Jasmine? We haven't got paid in like four months. That's another one. <laughs> that's another and then what one. Do you do, how do you resolve that? Well, thank God for me, the CTM, like I don't have to really like, you know, be heavily involved in that. So that's something that I would, you know, escalate. Escalate to sponsor or someone else like? Project manager. Project manager. Um, so project typically manager. there's like a project lead, project, well, sometimes both, like a director of all of the entire project and then like maybe a project manager like right under. I can um, so yeah. That does sound stressful. You ever get a call from a site and say, hey, you know what? Everything's fine. I just wanted to see how we can help you out. <laughs> I've never, I've never gotten that. I wonder if that's a good strategy to get future studies as a I site. If, if a site called me and said that, I would like, <laughs> I would have to tell everybody, like, tell the sponsor. I think it is a good strategy. Would it be memorable? I might do that tomorrow. Oh, I can be memorable. And I then have to pick a study of, that's going well, though, which are none right now. So <laughs> I got to wait. Internally, um, I can't speak. I didn't work at every single CRO, but I've worked at quite a few of the big ones, right? Um, internally, we keep track of, um, let's say, sites performance. So mm -hmm. that would definitely help you stand out um, just because, no, Tiffany says, get strategy for your, hey, Tiffany. <laughs> I'm going to use this strategy. I just got to find a study that's smooth. Right now, they're all rocky. Well, I'll yeah. Wait. So, but no, maybe it, be, it being rocky is good though, because then it's like mm. you're trying to be proactive and you're thinking about what can I do, right? I think that would be ah, a good. Okay, but then they'll give me stuff to do, Jasmine. I don't give me more work. I don't think they will. <laughs> they'll probably just be so shocked that you even. Yeah, call. yeah. If they yeah. even answer, <laughs> I got to think about that one. But that's good to, to keep in mind for like future stuff. But maybe I'll do that. It's. So usually you guys are just picking up calls, like people complaining, people mad, people need something and done. Tiffany, I don't know if she was watching, but Tiffany is like... She's the CTM. CTM she's the CTM queen. Yeah, I know. And I actually registered for the CTM Clean Essentials course. Like, I'm, mm -hmm. it's, it's been a rough journey. I've been texting her, too. Um, but Tiffany, we, we need to have her on one day so she can talk about all the TMS, I mean, CTM stuff, because she's the CTM queen. Oh, so, Tiffany, a huge respect to her. Yeah. And maybe she can give the perspective of more of like a senior person versus somebody that's like riding that curve right now. Well, she told me a good <laughs> strategy and you did. So I think I'll run with that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe Rod is asking me, but I'll, I'll ask you this first. Three things you didn't know before um, becoming a CTM since you were a CRA all these years. Three things I didn't know. Three um, three assumptions, like three false assumptions about the job that you were, were proven wrong when you started working in it. I don't know, because I think I expected 
all of this, I guess I just didn't realize how overwhelming and stressful it would be. But I kind of expected it. And again, I am on that learning curve, y'all. So maybe it will, <laughs> you know, once you get, you know, when you're on that curve, it's like, it's rough. So who's, everyone's complaining to you, Mara Luss, from all sides, all stakeholders, sites, vendors, CR, um, CRAs, sponsors. Well, not even um, complaining, but just they, everybody needs something and you are literally the go-to yeah. person for their need. And it's just so many different moving pieces. Um, that's where, and then the volume of like emails alone is a full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> but I was going to say, who do you, who do you go to when you need something like, or when you got to vent or complain as a CTN? Well, Seems like the buck stops with you. Yeah. But I do also, you know, I believe in coaches. I have my own coach. So ah. I my coach. Um, but like if it's a problem or issue, I might go to the medical monitor or I'll go to the PM. If it's like a data issue, I'll go to the data manager. It depends on like what issue is. I'll go to like that department, especially if it's, if we're in study startup and it's something related to that, I'll go to the study startup lead. Um, so it just depends on the, the topic. But as far as like, cause you're the CTM of your study, right? If you, is there like a, there's always a higher up, but like, are you encouraged to pursue this line of communication? Yeah. Yes. And then you also have a plan going back to all the documents that are written. There's a communication plan too. So it clearly outlines what the layers <laughs> and the levels of escalation is in the event that there's, you know, different issues. But you write this so you can put anything you want in there. <laughs> <laughs> the communication plan I don't write. The PM, ah, okay, okay. The PM writes that, yeah. But keeping in mind that with the, you know, the mid to large CROs, mostly everything is templates, so mm -hmm. you can't really put everything in there because you have to. There's certain things in there that you that will, they will not let you delete, um, including the sponsor, um, and then the sponsor has to approve it. I see. Yeah, everything yeah. has to be approved by the sponsor. Yeah, I find this stuff fascinating. So as a CTM, are you, let's say you get another project with another sponsor. Do you have a say in sites that are being used? Like, let's say you see the feasibility list and you're like, hey, you know what? This site's missing. Like, can we add them? Um, yes and no. So I guess it would depend on the suggestion and then like the need. Um, and then also the company, because some companies are like, absolutely not. We have our own way. It is what it is. But then mm. like on the smaller side, they're more open to your suggestion. So let's say you worked with a site before and they've been like really awful and you have some proof or whatever, what have you. And you're like, absolutely not. We cannot select this site. Um, then you make, you know, I can make those suggestions. If there is, we're low on sites or what, or we need sites that, um, now the trials, the FDA is really pushing for diversity. So let's say, you know, there is a site that, you know, you know, their patients are good, you know, they're always going to get the diversity. Um, so if I recommended them, then it's like, oh yeah, of course, because they'll help us, you know, get the diverse population. Um, so it depends, but I say yes and no, because at the end of the day, the sponsor has the ultimate choice. So there's times where we say, no, absolutely do not choose this site. And we outline why. And they're like, no, 
we want this site. We don't care what you say. And they might even make them a KOL. They might even make them a committee member, right? Right. Um, But, you know, we give our recommendations and then it's ultimately up to them. So that's why I say yes and no. Right. Ultimately, it's up to them. They're the sponsor. But I'm just thinking for as a site owner, you know, making relationships with the CTMs. Like oh, with yeah. the ROIs. I always encourage that's a part of my uh when I you know coach clients networking and I think we talked about this before how big networking is. Yeah. So the CTM, the PM, the DM, <laughs> whoever it is, like always build, you know, establish a relationship and nurture and build it if you can. As much as we complain. I'm sure you feel the same about me. I complain a lot also. Um, you complain? I've been accused of it, like, of complaining too much. You know, just like, why what? do sites need to be saved? For example, our conference, Save Our Sites. Like, why do sites need to be saved? Well, they do. They <laughs> they need to be saved because, you know, without getting too ahead of myself here, um, payments um ie criteria <laughs> some of the stakeholder oftentimes as a site we feel like we're the odd man out basically um when it comes to like the sponsor cro dynamic sponsor cro site vendor those four uh dynamic um four pillars we often feel left out um mm. that's why you know and i'm not naive i think if there's there was a way for sponsors and CROs to do studies without sites, they would. I mean, they literally had a name for it. It was called Virtual Trials, and then it was called Decentralized Trials. Don't get me started, Jasmine. You could get me in trouble again. <laughs> it was called Virtual Trials. It was called Decentralized Trials. Fail, fail. So now they're back to having to work with us. But that's why sites need to be saved. But like what I was going to say was, you know, there's a lot of work, like, we can point out what's wrong with the industry, but at, at the on the other hand, I'm very grateful to be in this industry. Like yeah. especially as a side owner. I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're talking about some of the challenges, but you're right. It is overall, it is a rewarding career. It is it can be exciting and fun depending on like the the study and you know, the sponsor and the therapeutic area. And if you're on the site side, you get to deal with the patients and, you know, you get to have a little bit more of that like bench side experience because you're actually dealing with the patients. Um, But even on the CRO side, there's something to be said because then you can learn more internally about the, you know, the infrastructure of the trials and how it's ran um, from big picture perspective. So either way on either side, it's like, so many opportunities like our industry is one of the industries that thrive when other industries are just sinking we're seeing that now too yeah with other industries and ours is still thriving cvs and all these dct stuff you know put them in another category but yeah yeah industry's thriving and i didn't want people to i wanted you to be able to share your passion for this industry as well and not just you know we could Someone could could be seeing this for the first time and say, all these guys do is complain all day. But, But, you know, I feel like, I don't know, those people that interpret what you're saying as complaining, they aren't listening. 
because in in my opinion, it's just constructive criticism. And if you, this is how things improve, right? You have to listen to the end user, which is the sites essentially in this particular scenario. Mm-hmm. So why not listen to the pe- people that are like the end user for what, you know, the protocol, they're following it. They're letting you know, like if they're saying that this particular criteria is just ridiculous, if it wasn't for this one, you know, try to reassess, think about it. But then I also understand their side because the FDA's, you know, requirements are getting so strict that they're like forcing them to start including things that typically wouldn't be a requirement. So that's another battle that they're trying to face, which is why I said we all have to come together ultimately to improve because it's like we're all interdependent on each other. And it's so many moving pieces that we all have to be on the same page. Um, getting what gets you, you really like your career coaching. Like you really, I know you now for a few years and that's always been your passion. What about that excites you? Like, um, to see how I haven't worked with a man yet. Um, only women and really any guys out there. Come on, let (laughs) us know. I will sponsor your stuff to Jasmine, right? I will like pay for your wait, how much do you charge? But before I promise, is it expensive or what? If you pay in full, if this is private, if you pay in full, then it's thirty five hundred. Oh crap, hold on. I'm gonna pay some of it, all right? Just somebody hit me up a male. So you only had female clients so far? Yeah. And then I'm just I just launched a group that'll start July first. And that one is if you pay in full nine hundred or one seventy five a month. I see. So that's super, I see. Yeah. But only women. And I guess the, the most rewarding thing is watching them transform. Because most times they come like with all these insecurities, like, can I really get a CRA job? They feel like they don't have enough. They need to get five more degrees or. Oh, know, my gosh. I hate that. <laughs> three more certifications. Like they think they need all these things that they don't need. Um, so to watch them transform, not only get a job, but like transform into this like confident woman that is ready to like take control of their career. Like that's the best part. Okay. That's Jesse. Uh, Jess, you will get a chance, Jessman. Jesse just did CRC and CRA Academy. He uh, so you're going to be the guest lecturer for uh, the, I guess maybe we reveal it now. Jasmine's going to be a guest lecturer every now and then for our Academy. So Yes. You're gonna get you're gonna get uh, Jasmine to coach you through that. So there you go. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Jesse uh, said I volunteer. Yeah, you volunteer. Let's go half season. I don't know about that. Jasmine charge inflation must be kicking in. But oh that's, my gosh! But that's a good. It's a good. Um, you know, getting people in this industry, I think, is important. But it's interesting that. It's only been female, even though this is like a female dominated, heavily female dominated industry. What, why do you think that actually is? What, female dominated or that I have? Yeah, like I'm actually, there's not that many dudes like at my site. It's just me. And uh, then there's three female CRCs and the ratio just skews like heavily female on this. It is, but also keeping in mind, depending on the levels that you're looking at. Because from like the CRO side, for example, it's a lot of women at the bottom. But as you slowly get closer towards the suite, C-suite, it's just into all men. Yes, yes, yes. What about <laughs> diversity? Like, 
the industry's push for diversity. I've had um, I've had Brittany Sloan on uh, Black Research Matters in the past, and she basically said the same thing. What you just said it reminded me of what she said, but she said it from a diversity standpoint. Um, Hispanics, Latinos, African Americans. Once you get up to the C-suites, it's the same thing. You know, it's like white males. That's it. Uh, That's pretty much it. And then maybe they'll like let in maybe one white female. But that's it. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, as like, you know, maybe the senior VP or something. But, but you know where that's not the case? is like some of these biotechs. I feel not- like that's... I think there's like Bluebird Bio is one that I distinctly remember. When I used to analyze stocks, I used to just pick smaller biotechs. Bluebird had like a heavily focused C-suite females. Um, I think there's been improvement there, but I think it's trickling up like from the smaller companies. Uh, but then they ultimately get acquired by the big ones. <laughs> and they, they all are getting <laughs> swallowed up, right? Yeah. It's so crazy, like, you'll be um, in, you know, on a study, working on a study, and all of a sudden, they get an email saying they got bought by whoever. It's just crazy. Um, But, yeah, that's how it goes. Society ownership, you're a young young lady, Jasmine. You think eventually you'll try society ownership? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm going to definitely definitely try it at the very least um because going back to what i said earlier it's another good path to or alternative rather if you don't want to go like the pm director like that route um and you want to you know kind of get out of corporate and have your own thing if you're that entrepreneurial type person um and then you offer services to help because i have some people that come to me and they ask about getting started with sites or they're, they've gotten started with the site and they come to me with um, questions. Um, and I send them to you because you, you, you. you have your service um, to help people get started from scratch. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. So if you're a CRA, maybe you've been in the game for like 10, 11, 12 years and you're like, what else can I do? I recommend a student for business. Just as a small world, I recommend a student from Dance Academy that reached out to Jesse to Jasmine's coaching service. So, yeah, there you go. I think I know who you're talking about, too, Jesse, because I think she signed up. She told me. Um, I think we're talking about the same person. It's a small world. Rod said just do it as far as site ownership uh, route. Yeah, I mean, the the services, and that's where I was going to lead to, like the services I started with the site, you know, helping sites. It's I, I created what I wish I had when I started. Uh, now there's, I'm glad to see there's tech vendors like my sponsors. I'm super proud of all three of them: Versatrial, uh, Creo, and then Inato for the biz dev as well. And um, all those things make starting a site easier too. I think so. Or you had to like figure it all out on your own. And the benefit of starting a site, like when you're starting out, is you you can start with the tech directly. Um, a lot of the stuff, Versatrial is yeah. free. Vivo yeah. Site Vault is free. Yeah. And Nato is free. And you can work your way into some of the more, like, the paid ones, like Creo. Although yeah. I started with Creo from the beginning. But yeah. 
and we then didn't the have these I, when I started. They, we definitely didn't have these when I started either. And then even the one that I told you about, Sightline. Yes. Another one. I'm pretty C-I-T-E, sure. C-I-T-E, right? Sight. C-I-T-E line. Yeah. And there's probably so many more that we don't even know about. Um, and Sightline is another one, one of those that you can register for for free. It's it's really good. I haven't had the time to dig into it. Um, but they sent me a welcome email and everything and asking me if I, you know, if I needed some, if I had questions or needed some support, they're pretty good. Um, but what were we saying? Oh, going back to the site thing. Another great point to point out is that I love how you say save your site, save our sites, because we need more sites. I don't think people understand that point. We literally need more sites. Um, now we don't need them to all be bunched up in the same big city. <laughs> LA, Miami. We don't need any more in Atlanta. Areas. Yeah. But we need more that's like spread out. And that's where you know, CRAs can come in at that are getting ready to tire. Maybe they they live in like one of those areas and they can start a site, right? Collaborate with a doctor. Um, and that in and of itself, will, I feel like will also help the industry because we just need more sites and we need more quality sites because everybody's not like you. There's not, and let's just put it this way. Everybody's not following the rules. Everybody's not a quality site. Um, so just, putting more quality sites into our industry as a whole is a necessity. Yeah, there's definitely like that grass is greener. That thing is definitely true when it comes to people wanting to start sites. They think it's like money right away. It's actually not. Like it's a lot of work. It's a lot of stress as well. I would say CRA is still stressful, more stressful from my experiences. I can't imagine CTM. (laughs) Um, But like if you take finances aside, I think those things are more stressful. If you're if you're banking on your site to also pay your bills, your bills, not just the site bills, but your living expenses, <laughs> now you're compounding the stress as a site owner as well. But if you give it a good year or two to get a runway, I think the, the stress kind of eases off. Like I'm at the point now, I'm almost at the two-year mark of human clinical trials. I'm actually getting pickier on studies. I'm saying no to studies. Um, and wh- you whereas before I didn't. And you see, that's another thing. Like every site is not going to accept every study, which is why we need more sites. We need more sites, yeah. We need yeah. more sites. Um, so I love the fact that you called it Save Our Sites because people don't realize like sites. Brad came up. Sites. Shout out to Brad. He came up with that name. Oh, that's brilliant because in a way, sites are kind of dying. Um, some yes. of them, are, some of them, they open up, but then they don't. Last, like, CVS. Um, think about all the private doctors that... CVS um, can join us, too. Save our sites. They can join us. Yeah, and, and even the doctor that I told you that I'm that I'm trying to... That I'm going to be collaborating with, um, he took a go at it at first, and it didn't work out. And if it wasn't for me, he said he was done with it. So imagine all of those little sites like that, that, like, they could really, you know, contribute to the industry, but for whatever reason, they got off to a bad start, and then they just quit. Yeah. Um, so it really is a brilliant. I don't know who's telling you you're just complaining, but it's a brilliant name because we literally do need to save our sites. There's a small but growing cohort of people out there that have told us to complain less and tone down the memes. And, you know, essentially they want us to do like everyone else does with a conference. Like I just think that's 
I don't know. The censoring nowadays is like I don't like it. <laughs> if you don't like it, like just don't watch it. You know, like why? We didn't. We didn't start it? it to be like everyone else. We started it because we wanted a conference that yeah. we could go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the censoring is amazing. It's like well, when welcome back to YouTube, Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> be careful what you say. What else do we not cover? We I love having you on because I think we're gonna have Ashley on with you next time, and then we'll have one with Tiffany and you. Okay. Um, Tiffany said she's down. Anything oh, else we didn't cover? Brad, we need one with Brad. Brad, have you ever been on Brad's show? I've been on his podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, one. it was fun. I gotta introduce you to Doctor Fox. Yeah, he's part of Save Our Sites too. And get oh, you on his podcast, CPRN Network. Um, yeah, he's super passionate about this stuff. Uh, okay. I feel like people want to get a hold of you. Jasmine's LinkedIn is underneath. When you are watching this on YouTube, it's underneath. And when you're listening to the podcast, it's in the show notes. Go to Jasmine's LinkedIn. She's at 20K, guys. It's for a reason. <laughs> you did this on your own. When did you start branding yourself? Um, during COVID. During COVID, you got to 20K that fast? <laughs> That's insane, Jasmine. Super big, good job on that. It's yeah. not easy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to get the word out. because so pre-COVID, what did you have? How many you had? Like um, Pre-COVID, I didn't even like. I was th I was there on LinkedIn, but like more so from like the job seeker presence versus like coach presence. Um, so once you so started that, you got the twenty k that quick. Like a thousand or something like that. I can't remember. So you blew up during COVID. I think that's when I must have discovered you then too. Whenever you started your YouTube channel is when you came on my radar. Hmm. So that wasn't that long ago then. That was 20... It just feels longer then. 2021. <laughs> 21? No. Yeah, that's when I started. At the end of 21. Weren't you a guest on someone else's maybe? I saw you somewhere. I think I was. Like, I've been guesting stuff before. Yeah, no, I've seen you earlier than that. I was on also ACRP TV. Um, and then I've spoken at the Soaker Conference. So I've been on some other things. Well, maybe. I wouldn't know you from those things. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, you've gone to those things. Are those worth going to? The Soaker, ACRP, all that? I would say yes, depending on where you are in your career. So I always advise people, it's always going to be based upon your unique situation. Because I don't feel like there's a one-size-fits-all, you know? Okay. Um, but they're always good for networking, at the yeah. very least. Jesse That's says, good. when you're posting a new podcast, you <laughs> Yeah, you put me on the spot, Jesse. Um, so <laughs> I've been super busy with the CTM role that we've been talking about, which is kind of what has been put in everything on hold. Because um, whether you know it or not, like I'm a one woman show for the most part. Like I have to do everything on my own. So I plan to get it back going at the very latest by the beginning of June. But hopefully I can get out an episode like at least one before the end of this month. Do you? I think I asked you before, but do you have a family, kids? Uh, I do. I have a daughter. She's 10. And then a husband. How do you balance that? I never asked you on an interview. <laughs> it's it's rough, you know? Like, 
basically I try to block out time or put everything on my calendar. Um, so even if I don't know what I'm going to be doing, but I know roundabout, like I'm going to need to do something, I have to go ahead and put it on my calendar and like block out that time. Um, I even have to block out like quiet time or block out like, you know, time to work on coaching stuff. Um, and then I coach in the evenings and then the weekends. So it's like, I just have to put everything on my calendar and like plan it out. Like even, you know, spending time with my daughter, or if I'm going on like an out, I have to plan it all out and put it on my calendar. Yep. Yep. Um, like every little thing. But I'm, I'm assuming one of the reasons why you went to CTM was no more travel, right? Or no at least not travel. as much. Yeah, no more travel. And then also to get the experience, I guess. That's that's one of them. Cause, you but know, like no travel at all or occasional? So occasionally, like I might have a face-to-face meeting or maybe there's an in-person investigator meeting. Lately, people have been doing investigator meetings remotely. Have you seen that? I just got invited to one today in October in Dallas. So I'll be in Dallas in October. If oh, cool. There. Um, well, some of them are trying to do... Um, it what what's the the TA? The what? What's the oh, therapeutic, therapeutic indication? Obesity. Okay. Well, yeah. With some of the um, like I was telling you with oncology, they've been trying to do everything remote. So um, some of the investigator meetings are remote. Um, but I might have to go to there. Um, potentially, like if there's something going on at a site, you know they have a quality issue or something like that, maybe go out there. But other than that, no, there's not like, so it's not like the normal part of your job. It's just, you may, but it's like an outlier type of event. Yeah. Okay. Ah, here's Jaslyn. Speaking of CTM, she also took Tiffany's CTM class. Oh, cool. She works with our CRO as well. And with me and Chris on the back end of a whole bunch of stuff. Shout out to Jaslyn. She goes like unnoticed a lot of times, like a, on these lives she's on the CRA Academy her. too you gotta get to know Jeslyn yeah I'm gonna connect now I don't think we're connected Jeslyn oh, no, we it says we are it says okay. we, it says we are have to be. I'm gonna reach out to her Jeslyn's connected to everyone Jeslyn's oh, cool. good peeps <laughs> yeah I'm gonna connect with her I see you now anything else oh, cool. we didn't discuss or it's a co-interview, but I feel like I dominated, like, hugged up most of the questions. <laughs> no, it's okay. I think we covered mostly everything. Long story short is grass is not greener on the other side, right? <laughs> it's just the other side, and it's just different. But occasionally it is. Um, It's I enough to keep people going. <laughs> it is. I can't remember. It was one um, PI that I spoke to. Like a long time ago, I can't remember who he was. Um, his name, I probably shouldn't say it anyways, but he was he basically described it as shoveling shit. And basically, you know, do you want to shovel the shit over here or do you want to shovel it on the other on the other side? But it's like basically it's still like shoveling shit is just in a different in a different way, in a different area. Um that's a well said. Yeah. Um, And again, people, it's not all bad. Um, Like it can be a rewarding career, but you do have to be prepared to put in effort and energy um, to work and then to to learn. Because when you get new studies, regardless of what side you're on, you're constantly learning, right? You have to be. um, Yeah, we love what we do. Uh, 
can't wait to do more interviews with you, Jasmine. If you are CTM, you should consider Versatrial for your sites. It's free. Um, Inato for the sites, if you let them know, and anyone watching, and then Creo. Those are the three sponsors we got, and a few more coming up that we'll announce shortly. But Jasmine as well. I mean, I got to introduce you to some of these guys because they they could benefit from having a CTM future site owner on board. I mean, you're you're beyond influencer at this point. I didn't realize you grew that quickly too. That's impressive. <laughs> Good job. Keep it up, Jasmine. We need more of you on on LinkedIn and on YouTube. So thank you for that. No, of course. And uh, we need. I well, you said some people say you complain so maybe they I'll still do memes I'll do keep doing memes yeah we need more of that too we'll do we the memes to... the complaints come when I'm heated about something like if I'm at the office and I'm upset about something I'll just you know riff on LinkedIn real quick but that and... just shows the passion though that doesn't mean yeah. you're complaining you no. just you know you're passionate about the industry and what you do yeah it doesn't bother me, you know, the complaints, but it's, I didn't want to give the false impression that there's nothing good about this industry. Oh, yeah. Believe me, I would have been long gone if there's nothing good yeah. about this yeah. industry. Right? We wouldn't be doing all this. Why open the site? Why be a CRA coach? Why do any of these things if it wasn't worth it? But yeah, you're right. 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 Yeah. Well, Jasmine Adams, CRA career coach, guys. Go connect with her right now. You all are probably all already, but if not, connect <laughs> with her. Uh, and thank you for co-hosting me on your end too. This was cool. This was the first oh, time. Oh, first We gotta um, take a poll for both of our audiences and see what they want the next topic to be. Ah, okay, I'm down. Yeah, and see what they what they want to hear. Whatever they they want, we can um, listen to the feedback and uh, see what we can pull off. But. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Jasmine. And thank you, everybody, for watching. And like, subscribe, comment, share. Go follow Jasmine right now. Bye-bye. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, everybody.